Hello, and welcome to episode 72 of the Waters Wavelength podcast. I'm Anthony Malakian, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Amelia David, a U.S. reporter for Waters. Hi. Today we are going to discuss in just a minute, uh, Mia wrote an excellent piece looking at the municipal bond market and the drive toward transparency in the space through the use of electronic trading platforms and tools. Uh, we're going to get into that and look at the space in just a minute. A um, couple house cleaning notes here. Um, next week, uh, we're, I'm pleased to announce that we're going to be joined by uh, James Jim Rundle. Uh, he is currently a reporter for Risk, but uh, he's going to be transitioning over to Waters to uh, fill in for Dan, who moved over to Risk. So basically, we just made a trade, <laughs> and we definitely won out on a trade. You know, hopefully Dan doesn't listen to this anymore. <laughs> um so that jim will be joining us next week uh, we're very very excited and we'll be discussing some of the things that we're going to be doing um um once he joins uh uh our team so and if, for many of you if, if you're a longtime reader of waters uh, you'll know jim used to write for us i don't know i wouldn't say about four years ago maybe three four or five years ago um so he's uh he's a waters veteran as well knows the technology space uh very well so uh, we're very pleased to have him, and we'll have him on the show next week. Um, also, uh, Waters rankings are open for just a little while longer. If you haven't voted already and you're an end user, uh, just take, you know, takes about five minutes or so. Go to waterstechnology.com. We have it up on uh, the homepage there. Click through, and uh, you can just go in. There are 30 categories to vote on. You can vote on all 30 or just the ones that are most relevant to you. Um, but those should be open, I think, for another week or two. I mean, I think it's end of next week. I'll have to check on that. It's something on the like site. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So anyway, the topic of discussion today, we're going to look at the muni bond market. Um, it is fair to say, Mia, that it is a space that has largely ignored technology compared to other compared asset classes. To, yeah. I mean, a lot of the other, even in the bond market in general, there's still there's a lot more talk about technology and say corporate bonds and treasuries there's just we don't really hear a lot about the muni market it's i think that's why i characterized it in my piece as a very like secretive kind of like market because we really don't hear a lot about it yeah. i i remember the f like the the first time that there was a lot of buzz around the market there's always buzz but like a lot of buzz was during the whole Detroit yeah. bankruptcy thing. 2013, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Because I remember I was in grad school, and it was it coincided at the time that we were talking mm -hmm. about uh, about bond the bond market. Mm -hmm. So it was like the perfect segue, and uh, that was the first time I really looked into it and understood it. And then it sort of died down mm -hmm. once Detroit um, uh, was finally able to not really rise up from the ashes because. They, Definitely they, not. <laughs> yeah, because they got they got at least they, was able to move forward. In yeah, some ways, it moved forward. Yeah. They did get the bankruptcy ruling, and then uh, and then California kind of got quiet about their own pension and municipal bond trading, and then nothing. Mm -hmm. So it, that why that's why it was interesting. Well, it's a sleepy it. market for sure. I guess you know maybe to set the stage a little bit. Um, so the muni space, as I understand it, you know that there. Are two big challenges from more of a broader trend perspective, not looking at technology in any way, just kind of looking at it from a market segment uh, perspective. 
But one uh, that we're seeing right now is you have a, a rising interest rate uh, structure that you know we're finally seeing post uh, 2008 when interest rates were incredibly low. Um, as this continues, some investors will, some believe, uh, will look to other government-backed securities mm -hmm. to park their money into rather than some risky, you know, yeah. mu municipality. Um, since municipalities are going to have to offer higher coupons to compete with those rates, which they will in turn have to raise their own taxes on to pay back those obligations, which could kind of, you know, create a nice yeah. little spiral that could go out of control if you're um a naysayer or they could just default <laughs> um, <laughs> there's always there's so, always that possibility so then um i was just talking with one source and he just said you know he's like it's a scary kind of it's, it's a scary place to park your money right now um so you know the other thing i guess that that's facing the space is both administrations uh, both uh clinton and trump ran on a platform of building out our country's infrastructure which is something that is needed yeah. um for sure um assuming that that goes forward you can only really do that by essentially starting something like a public works program and how do you pay for that you yeah. issue more debt if that happens what it kind of has to um which it, it kind of has to anyway because we're at a point of no return on our infrastructure so the market is going to be flooded with more muni bonds and there's only so much demand for munis yeah. as it is. So you flood that market and you're driving prices down even further. And so what has been a relatively healthy market considering all things, um, there are some people believe mm -hmm. that could be heading for a downturn. What was really interesting is um, I was talking to one of my sources and he mentioned that there's there was a lot of volatility in 2016 within the muni market because the word infrastructure was being thrown a lot sure. and uh, that's why they felt that that this is why technology kind of helps because when you have volatility the market really changes really quickly so that's why you need something that could gather all that information all those price changes and and you know pump out something closer to what the market really is for the bond right now which which was something i didn't even think that the muni market needed yeah because there isn't a lot of activity going on there's the activity is in spurts because there's so just so much out there right now that they can't trade at all sure. so i never also never realized that yeah if you do throw the word infrastructure around these municipals, this, these municipalities, do become interesting because the people think that oh they're going to have to issue more debt. So let's go in and look at that market. Well, I guess that you know maybe to kind of take a step back. So the feature it's called the Muni Markets Drive Toward Transparency. Um, if this is a Friday, July, June second, <laughs> if you're listening to it today, <laughs> it's our top story on uh, the homepage. Excuse me. Um, so. I guess from a technology perspective, delve a little bit more in where are we at right now? What what advancements have we seen just over the last few years that are uh, kind of helping to drive these more um, mm -hmm. hopefully transparent uh, platforms? So there's two big things uh, technology-wise that happened in the muni market. One is that more traders began uh, flocking to electronic trading platforms. 
as it happens throughout the whole throughout bond market. Yeah. But there's there are a lot of interest even in traders in the muni market that aren't exactly big players in say corporate bonds. And two, there's the website that the MSRB, the Municipal Securities Regulatory Board. <laughs> I feel like I'm feel like I'm wrong there. This is there. like Dan DeFrancesco all over again <laughs> here uh, trying to pronounce words here. Municipal Securities Rulemaking Board. Mm-hmm. Regulatory rulemaking, same thing. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so they created this website out of a, out of a regulation that every single trade must be reported to the MSRB within 15 minutes of a trade. The website is called EMMA. Um, so what that website does is just, it just, it's a database of all the trades. So that already is transparent. So mm-hmm. take into account you have an increasing use of electronic trading platforms that makes it easier to report and put it out into that website. That makes for a very transparent market, which was not what I thought the muni market was about when I started reporting the story. Sure. I mean, one thing I, th- I think that's interesting is clearly, you know, the, the, so the vendors obviously have something to sell here. You know, your, your Bloomberg's market access, stuff like that. Um, so they're trying to drive interest. Yeah. And so there's no doubt about that. And clearly, um, uh, one thing, you know, just talking with some of my sources and uh, in your story, there was uh, one trader that kind of also mentioned something similar. But there are some real curmudgeons um, yes. in this space from what I've seen. Um, I was talking with somebody just off the cuff, you know, we were just having a conversation, and uh, he said, uh, communication is the biggest thing for munis. It's really about just trying to find a bond that someone else wants or can add to their inventory that fits the parameters of their investment strategy. You can't really do that by looking at a screen. But I think that misses the whole point, right? Yeah. Is that as more and more communication comes electronic, as you're trying to make those communications better interactions and to match up people that you wouldn't have naturally have thought to kind of connect with. That is the promise of what these platforms can bring of, you know, being able to examine a much bigger space more efficiently and connect people for communication. doesn't mean that you're taking out the human element. doesn't mean that you're getting rid of those interactions. It means that you're going to more intelligently connect people. Is that fair to say? Yeah. um, It's also, it also allows them to look for securities that they normally wouldn't have even traded. If they normally, say, trade a Northern California bond, Mm -hmm. like everything from Northern California, they do that because they like, say, they like the maturity, they like the the volume, whatever. If if they only call the same people all the time, they're not going to get the best price. Mm But if they widen that search, and usually that w- that's what happens when you have an electronic trading platform, because it's all to all, you see everyone. Mm. Then you're going to see same characteristics in, say, an Ohio bond. So you diversify even your even your portfolio, and that makes it makes for more, I think, for a better market. Sure, and I guess you know. Well, let's, let's, let's just take a step back here. Looking ahead, what are still some of the challenges, what are still some of the roadblocks that exist as far as um, wider adoption of electronic uh, platforms and usage? 
Well, <laughs> somebody told this to me off the record, so I'm not going to say his name. But he, he was telling me that it's a, uh, he thinks it's a generational thing, uh-huh. that for the longest time, the only people who were trading munis were, were people really set in their ways. Sure. And now... Curmudgeons. Curmudgeons. <laughs> and now there's a generational shift, and that's why you also see institutional investors coming in. A lot of these young guns that are sitting, say, in New York or Chicago, and they're saying, hey, there's a market here, but we want to trade the same way we trade everything else. And that's when you see that shift. And you also see a lot of the people who are already in the market seeing that maybe, maybe we could adopt something else that is much better, and that's why they move towards that. But there will always be um, holdouts. And there will always be a place for, for like, say, voice trading in the muni market. I think the main problem is is that the, while there are already, like, a menu of vendors to choose from, mm-hmm. some people just probably do not want to, like, t- like, just do not want to have to deal with a change, something like that. I would also imagine, too, that there is something of saying, listen, I, as a muni trader, I'm, I want you to go and um, make this investment into this platform. I want us to install this and mm-hmm. do this. They're not going to be necessarily in that push. And are the people heading the businesses, and then much less the IT people, are they going to be pushing for them? I think yeah. that those are walls that have to be broke down. It's more of a sales yeah. um, issue in many ways for, for some of these vendors. There, there's also that idea of they want to get the best – uh, the best possible trade for themselves, and li- like what your what your guy said is that th- it has to meet certain parameters. And for some people, even if they know how efficient an electronic platform can be and how much better uh, um, transparency it can give to the market, they just they instinctively know that it's better for me to call somebody I have a relationship with, sure. and I know that I can get. A better deal, maybe. Shit hits a fan. There's a relationship There's, there yeah. that you know you can also call back on too. Yeah. So I I understand why there's a lot of reluctance to that, and and maybe if there's just a way to get be- the best of both worlds, maybe that could be so much better, and you'd have wider adoption. But then again, it's 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 still a growing market. It's been around for forever, basically, and. Uh, there's a lot of new entrants into the market, like market access just went in just last year. Mm-hmm. So there's all, it's always going to be growing, so we're probably going to see more and more adoption soon. It's just it's in its nascent stages. Sure. And I guess that I would imagine the answer to this, but if you look at the corporate bond sector, there have been, to speak specifically to our technology audience, um, we've seen a lot of, promise and hope around the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning to help make these connections and help to mm-hmm. uh, to find liquidity in the, in that space. Um, TrueMid, uh, which recently excuse me, acquired uh, Electronify, um, that they've been uh, experimenting with, uh, with machine learning capabilities. Um, we're seeing it also uh, with Market Access and Algomi, you know, firms like that, um, that are in that kind of fixed income space. Specifically to the muni market, still too young right now for that to enter into, or well, uh, what it's really because it's a complex market in terms of liquidity, because you don't have 
you have only have a very small percentage of actively traded securities in the muni mar market. Most don't even trade for five, ten years. That's why it's really hard to really, you know, go full on and uh, apply machine learning and to find liquidity. It takes a while. There's a movement right now using algorithms to maybe match mm -hmm. those um, uh, bonds that don't trade but have certain characteristics and match it to active trading bonds that do have the same characteristics. Yeah. So it's th that's already being experimented on. And later on, we're going to see machine learning. It's, it's going to be applied everywhere, basically. Sure. It's, it's just right now, it's a little too complicated. So it does take a while to understand and find a methodology t that works to yeah. find liquidity in that market. And yeah. to really just um, maybe paint a, uh, a clear picture of what the liquidity in the muni market is. It's, it's liquid, that's what people tell me but we don't know the extent of its liquidity. Yeah, and it will just be interesting to see do these trading platforms, if the, if the, the naysayers, if the people that have a, a skeptical uh, view of the market going forward here, um, if there is, if this market does start to face some serious turmoil yeah. in 2017 and beyond, you know, do people either start to rely more on the platforms or do these platforms prove ineffective? Um, we could be getting to a point where you know, this will be a telling, you know, yeah. was it worth this investment or did these platforms not help me in any way? Yeah. I'm just going to go back to my old ways. Yeah, you know how in um, treasuries, mm -hmm. a lot of people are picking up phones because it's hard to find liquidity in the market and yeah. they're all, they're mostly using electronic platforms. So it, we might see a return or, or a resurgence of that kind of, I'll just call my the person I know from yeah, Iowa right, or right. something. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so the article, again, it's the Muni Markets Drive Towards Transparency. It's up on uh, the waterstechnology.com uh, homepage. Go there, and uh, you can read all about it. Uh, it's a deep dive into what we just kind of touched on here, and then um, uh, really good stuff. And then if you have any feedback for us, always feel free to shoot us an email or anything like that. Um, before we get going, you know, we always like take you know a little bit of yeah. time to talk about <laughs> just random topics. <laughs> me, and I, me and I, the last time that – well, last time I was – You've done one, I think, with just you and Dan. Yeah. Um, there was one with me, you, and Dan where we were talking about uh, Broadway plays, was yeah. it, I think? So um, this one will go with uh, summer movies. Yeah. It's beautiful. You know, we're now into June. You know, some some nice weather now finally peaking up. Summer movies <laughs> either already out or coming out. What are your What are your big, you know, two or three movies that you're looking forward to? See – you printed out a summer movie guide, yes. and I was actually so surprised that so many of the trailers that I've been seeing when I'm watching Hulu are actually coming out this summer. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it never, it never clicked in my mind. <laughs> I I don't I haven't been to the movies in a while. Uh, I'm watching uh, Wonder Woman tonight because mm -hmm. my roommate is a huge Wonder Woman fan. Like she made, she works in she's a video journalist, so she made this whole like video tracing the brand of Wonder Woman. Yeah. So it's getting excellent reviews right now. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. I mainly want to see it cuz she's been trying to avoid spoilers or anything. So I want to see it and see if she's disappointed or not. Yeah. I also want to be there for her rant. I'm sure there's going to be a rant later. She doesn't listen to this, so she won't okay. know. Is it a hard is she a hardcore like comic book nerd hard where like she if they don't play to the story then she'll be a little bit upset? We were talking, and so I don't read 
Wonder Woman. I'm strictly a Marvel girl growing up because for some reason that's the comics that my brother buys and I just steal them. So I don't really know much about Wonder Woman unless it's the Linda Carter TV show. (laughs) So so she's been like, oh, you have to do this origin story that I read in issue whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, sure. So I'm pretty sure she's going she's going to like it. She's going to rant about things that isn't the same in the comic book. Sure. And I just want to like take a video and mock her for it. There you go. Yeah. So I was just laughing cuz was it the was it Alamo Draft House that they said that they were just yeah. going to have a woman like only women could attend this yeah, one show. Yeah, in Austin. And people freaked out. <laughs> like everyone was like how dare this is sex like man how do you how do you go out into public and just be like, I am so upset that they're having one showing just for women. This is a travesty. Watch me come over country. It's like, I mean, I'm, I don't think you call me a feminist, but I'm like, geez, just calm down. Just go watch another showing of it, man. You, know, it's ju- like, it's, you don't have to yeah, watch it in Alamo Draft House. Yeah. yeah, you can do whatever you want. I, I was actually supposed to watch it at, at uh, Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but it sold out. Yeah. And also, I told my my roommates like, I don't want to go to Brooklyn. Just to watch a movie. I know that there's food in the draft house. I've never been. Yeah. But also, yeah, like... I live in Brooklyn. I, I don't... I don't, <laughs> don't. No, it's just like... <laughs> can you just watch it at a random AMC? Why does it have to be special? Because people just... You know, they're just... They're all crazy. They, they need to do the kitschy thing. You can't just go to an actual movie theater yeah. and just watch. Now, you're also... I don't know if you, you know, if I can let this secret out, but you're a big Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> fan. Yes. And so I was going to make fun of you for it. Okay, okay. So I know and understand that they are bad movies. Kay. I know that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I was so obsessed with them in high school. Okay. And, like, there was that movie with just... No, just I don't know. A pirate pirates? thing? All right. I don't know. I mean, from the Philippines, you know, so, I mean, maybe, you know, there's Um, the seafaring ways, you know, just appeal to you. I don't know. For some reason, I like pirate movies. Okay. But, so I I even saw that really, really bad one that's just Johnny Depp. Okay. I don't even remember the title. I don't think I've seen any of the, I saw the first one, and it's fine. And I've I've been seeing a lot of the trailers for Pirates of the Caribbean, but I thought it was coming out, like, in June. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it came out already. See, I I can't, I don't really go to the movies because I don't want to spend $14 on some random crap that will show up on Netflix anyway. Yeah. So. That's fair enough. Don't go see Alien Covenant. Um, if you're a fan <laughs> of the original Alien, it's a terrible movie, even though it got decent. Wasn't it supposed to be like something related to Prometheus, which is a weird yeah. movie? So at least with Prometheus, they tried to do something different, you know, something new. I can appreciate what they were going with there, even if the execution wasn't that great. But this one, it just you're just um, you're just trying to just go almost shot by shot, you know, eh. kind of just trying to recreate something. It's like really. No, yeah, it's it's not good. Uh, for it's me. Not good. Alien and Alien Two, I think, were the only yeah. Alien movies you should be watching anyway. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, but you know, you hope that one day they can come up with something good. I'm excited to see, uh, just because I like Tom Cruise. I'm, the I'm, Mummy. Yeah, The Mummy. It's a weird movie, right? Just I thought I thought it was a remake of the Brandon Fraser that's one. That's exactly what I thought too, and I saw Tom Cruise in it. I don't know nothing about the movie other than Tom Cruise, and I'm like. Now I'm interested. See, every time I see that trailer come up on um, on TV, I invariably someone in my apartment asks, 
is this the sequel to the Brandon Fraser and it could you know, we never I, know, I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what this is you know but I'm like I'll go watch that and then um I was gonna go check out King Arthur because I love the 2004 oh, it's one really with uh bad. yeah with Keira Knightley yeah and uh Clive Owen actually uh, I from yeah that was fantastic I really don't remember seeing that movie but I know what happens in that movie I, I don't know how that works just blew my mind right there <laughs> like I don't remember seeing it, but maybe because I read a, a Wikipedia summary of it, maybe. Yeah. Well, it's know. a very good movie. Two thousand four, Clive Owen, Kieran Knightley. There's a bunch of good actors in it. You know, didn't get a lot of play, but good movie. This one, yeah. When I saw when I saw the previews of this one, I was like, this is just a stupid action flick. Like <laughs> I don't even know what the hell's going on. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I never saw the first one. Everybody's kind of raving about that. But everyone ha- seems to hate the second one. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to watch it, but I got lazy. Yeah. So. yeah, this one I'll probably wait till Netflix one. Yeah. And then uh, what's the what's what's oh um, Baywatch. See, <laughs> the preview made I got it. There was like a red book or something like that. Uh, preview for it that had me crying laughing. I like The Rock. You know who doesn't? You know, you just gotta like the man. So um, uh, what is her name? Uh, Katie Weaver just wrote a fantastic profile of him in uh, for GQ magazine. Oh yeah, really. I good, haven't read really it. I, ju- I I have it Highly saved recommend. in my pocket. You'll love The Rock after. You'll want to watch it, but yeah, that's getting absolutely panned too. <laughs> I guess that's also the other thing is, ever since Will Smith stopped producing movies on you know Independence Day weekends, you know, I mean the summer blockbuster yeah. just doesn't appeal to me as much. I mean Big Willie weekend, that was what it was. Well, well there's this whole discussion now that movie reviews are ruining summer mm-hmm. the summer movie season. Sure. Because so, there are some movies I probably would have gotten to see, but when I see like yeah. all the reviews, I'm like, ah, nah, I mean, now I'll just wait. Okay, on, it costs a lot to go see a movie, true. too. True. I mean, know? honestly, I have no desire to watch Baywatch. Mm-hmm. I thought it worked well as a TV show. Sure. Because I remember as a kid, um, I, I, I had, we had one TV before my parents caved and gave both me and my brother a TV. So we had one TV, and whatever was on, Everybody was forced to oh. watch it, so I remember. I don't know who the hell who the hell in my family watches Baywatch, yeah. but that was on, and that was I saw that show, and like when we were at the beach, we'd pretend to be like running slowly. Course, yeah, everybody yeah. does, but I have zero desire. I know it's supposed to be funny and all, <laughs> and uh, uh, when an actress. I'm gonna definitely watch it when it comes out on video. I probably won't go to the theater now. The I am not so. gonna spend money on it, but if it comes out and say like. HBO or Stars or whatever, and I'm bored, I will probably watch it. If you want to see a great movie, uh, it's on Netflix right now. It's a documentary. It's called The 7-5. It's about the 75th Precinct in uh, Brooklyn and the corruption that existed oh. there. It is so good. It is so entertaining. You're, I, I couldn't, like, because everybody that was a part of it talks about it. Yeah. And about what they were doing, the illegal stuff that they were doing, and just kind of laughing about this and stuff like that. It's it's incredible. I was watching it, and it was. I highly recommend it. The Seven okay. Five on Netflix. I if you're will do for that. A good documentary. I probably need to to watch something light on Netflix. We've been trying to watch this show called The Keepers. Oh, is that the one with um, the, the girl that used to be in uh, the West Wing? No, it's Zoe Bartlett. It's a do- It's a documentary. Oh, okay. No, so The Keepers is a documentary about the murder of a nun. Okay. In the eighties. So it's a documentary about murder. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind. Of, it's kind of like uh, making a murder. Like a serial. Yeah. A murder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Making which I never also finished. But yeah. So we were watching that, and that's deep stuff. Yeah. Like I can't watch it alone. Okay. 
So I need something. You need something to, yeah. yeah just you come you down. Know. This, will, this is good. Yeah. yeah, it's only an hour the, the, the Zoe Bartlett one, Elizabeth Moss, by the Elizabeth way, Moss. the actress. I that's I, I'm terrible about names. <laughs> that's The Handmaid's Tale. That's okay. on Hulu. Okay. Which I do watch, but I can't watch alone because my roommates also watch. So we have a rule, do not go ahead, because I am a consummate spoiler person. Mm-hmm. So... Now is stupid question, but is The Handmaid's Tale? That's different. So there is a great movie from I'm looking to see. It's on I think Amazon right now. But um, The Handmaid or The Handmaiden, which was produced by the maker of Old Boy. Is the Korean movie? Yeah. The Handmaiden. That's The Handmaid. So that's completely different. It's completely story. different. Because okay. The Handmaiden, if I believe Tumblr, is supposed to be a lesbian movie. Really. Yeah. Because on the cover, there's two men and a woman, but I have no idea what's happening there. So I don't know anything about it, but all I know is that the maker of Old Boy, which is one of my all time, <laughs> like, that is a great, like, but not the remake one that came out, the, the original d- Korean did one. Did you see the the, 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 tri- the trilogy of Old Boy? What were the other ones? I so only yes, know I've, the other one, the Sympathy of Lady Vengeance. No, I did not see that one. See, for some reason, that's the one I saw. My mom is a big Korean um, yeah. anything. Well, because the maker of that is, I think, I think the name of the company is like Tartan Extreme. And one of my buddies, he was just huge into these yeah. movies. So I would watch them and all. And like, oh boy, I was just like, at the end of it, I was like, oh my God. It's this fantastically is violent. That's yeah. why I like it. And great twists at the end that you just really don't see coming. Like, yeah. re- and kind of creepy movies. Very good stuff. So there, there's two other films. I do not remember the other one, if you know. Tell us. Okay. But uh, the third and final is Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Okay. So they, they're only loosely related to each other, but they're considered a trilogy. I'm trying to remember. There, cause there was definitely another. I probably saw the same one. I can't remember. But we highly recommend those movies, too. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so, again, Waters Rankings. Open for voting right now. Um, go to the website. Take your time. If you're an end user, if you're a vendor or something like that can't vote um you can advertise yeah. that you can they can yeah. that your end you, users yeah. can <laughs> vote so um james rundle will be joining us next week we're excited to have him on board it's big news for us it's going to be good stuff for you too because he's an outstanding journalist and uh he's got a real sharp mind for finding a good story um and then on top of that we have toronto information Fi- toronto T-S-T. financial information <laughs> summit uh, that will be next week. Uh, that's June 7th up in Toronto. Uh, so you can go on our website to our events page. Uh, if you're an end user, you can go for free. Uh, still sponsorship opportunities, stuff like that, if you're a vendor or something like that. Um, we also have Reg Tech Americas 2017, which will be held in uh, downtown at the Mezzanine in New York City on June 14th. You can see me. I'm going to be there chairing some events, chairing some panels. Congratulations. It's not in Midtown. Yeah, I'm just very pumped about that. And I have to go marry Marquis. <laughs> um, that's going to be uh, hosted by IBM Watson Financial Services. Um, so we're going to have some real good uh, conversation about reg tech issues and, you know, the use of uh, augmented intelligence. If you would have, if you listened to our podcast we did with Mark Andrews um, a few weeks ago, um, then a lot of that will be covered, but we also have some panels and stuff like that to kind of talk mm-hmm. about how they're using these technologies. So that's about it. Me, got anything else? Uh, no. Anyway, well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining, and have a good day, all.